Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from Bedrest here in Detroit. And we have another just blockbuster story for you. Uh, it's one that's been building for quite a while. Um, I've been covering part of the story for um, the better part of a year. Uh, you could argue longer, you could argue... Um, you could possibly even argue shorter, but it, it's been around for um, quite a while. Um, this is not a story that I actually seen coming until everything kind of fell together for me, um, thanks to my L.A. source, our L.A. source. I always do that. Like, I'm pretty sure Will's going to get really angry at me one day. Um, and and just let me have it for because I keep saying my. Anyways... <laughs> So, let's recap a little bit of what we know about Aaron Carter. Last year, he started dating a girl, um, and they very quickly got engaged, just as quickly got pregnant, and suddenly the girl was no longer pregnant, they were no longer together, Aaron was touting his bisexuality, and no one really knew what was going on. Uh, Aaron was fighting with his brother Nick uh, and Nick's wife um, to the point where Nick Carter had to get a restraining order against his brother. Uh, Aaron said that it was because Nick didn't go to their sister's funeral and it was just, you know, a huge, huge, huge mess. And then... Um, somewhere along the line, he, Aaron Carter got back with his his former girlfriend, fiance, or whatever you want to call her. And out of nowhere, he announced that he was starting in OnlyFans. Now, there's not a lot to dissect there. Um, you know, we're very sex positive here at Drunk Gossip, and... You know, far be it from us to um, say anything negative about someone um, selling naked pictures. Um, And for his part, Aaron actually, unlike Bella Thorne, um, Aaron actually uh, follows through with... Um, with showing off his naked body for better and worse. Um, you know, all you have to do is Google um, Aaron Carter naked, and you can see pictures of his peen, his ass, whatever you want to see. Um, and just weeks ago, Aaron did a live cam show uh, which is said to have been really, really, um, really big. Um, brought him in a lot of money. So, it's expected that he's going to do um, more camboy work. Um, I didn't watch it because, well, yeah. <laughs> I think that goes without saying. 
But apparently, um, he ate a banana with his feet. Um, he masturbated. Um, did something with honey, which I'm still not quite sure what he did. <laughs> and if you do, please don't tell me. I, I don't need to know. I'm still having nightmares from having to watch Jake Paul suck dick, so. <laughs> Y'all can keep this one to yourselves. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so. I was talking to my LA source. We were talking about a completely different story that I'm working on. And. He kind of surprised me and said, hey. You know, do you, are you interested in, um, are you interested in hearing about Aaron Carter? So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be a big story. Uh, and that's the guys on the shoes. I really wasn't expecting it to be a big story. Um, you know, I hear Aaron Carter, I'm like, oh, you know, that would be good for a middle of the show type of segment. No, um, no, no, no. So, Aaron is taking his newfound infamy from OnlyFans and from his one time as a camboy and becoming a full-on escort. Uh, and basically, here is what's happening. Um, on OnlyFans, if you tip someone, your message goes to the top of their queue. And, um, that generally means they will answer you quicker. So what, so what, uh, Aaron is doing is, he's not, like, advertising on OnlyFans, because, of course, that would be legal. Uh, but... Certain fans who send him dirty messages, he's offering to sell his body to them. Uh, And the screenshots that I was shown, um, it starts out um, very dirty. I mean, just to be frank, um, the unidentified person says, I want to suck your dick. And... Aaron counters with how much. And the guy is very confused, of course, because... What? And they talk. uh, And Aaron says, well, here... Here are my fees. To suck his dick is at least $75. For him to suck your dick... It's a hundred and twenty-five. Um, there's a few other um, things in there, um, mostly fetishes. Um, to have sex with Aaron Carter is two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, and if you want to top Aaron Carter, it is five hundred dollars. And I thought it was a joke. So I asked my son, I'm like, you know, he's kidding, right? Like, no, he's not kidding. 
Um, <clears throat> my source said that he doesn't know that those rates are necessarily um, set in stone, so to speak. But... Um, yeah, he is definitely serious about it. And he is definitely, um, he is most definitely, uh, moving forward with it. Uh, there is a section, as the conversation is kind of winding down, where Aaron says, you know, um, before we can, before we do any of this, you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. So I took this to some of my legal friends, um, who saved my ass more times than I can, I can count, okay? Let's be real here. Um, you know, thank God for, for my lawyer friends, and thank God that they're willing to help me. Um, but, according to, uh, my, my lawyer friends... These um, NDAs will not hold up in the court of law. So, um, Aaron can ask for them to be signed, but because they're um, because they are hiding um, what is technically a crime, uh, or. Uh, as one one friend put it, illegal activity. Um, there's no judge who would. There's no judge who would enforce them. So, what Aaron is actually hoping is that uh, any man that he sleeps with, or a woman that he sleeps with, uh, is too ashamed. That they paid for sex. That they won't say anything. Uh, And those, again, are not my words. Those are the words of uh, my lawyer friend. Who told me that she cannot see how in good conscience any of this can can take place. Uh, This is, of course, a breaking story. And I will continue to update you as I hear more and more about it. Um, I will say, to this point, outside of his his cam work and his OnlyFans, Aaron has not... It is not believed that Aaron has had sex on camera uh, because we haven't seen it. Um, So, there's that, I guess. Um, All right, I'm going to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I am back. Okay, so... I... Y'all don't know... Like, I used to love Katie Holmes. I thought she was so, so great. And then she went and married Tom Cruise. And she never seemingly got swept up in the whole thing. I mean, yeah, you know, she said, oh, you know, I love him, whatever. I've had a crush on him since I was a kid. Which, let's be, we- let's be real here. 
That was weird. That was weird. Okay. They were consenting adults or whatever, but still, like... If someone came up to me and said, I've had a crush on you since I was a teenager, I'd be like, back away. Go. Get away from me. Right now. Um, But, you know, they got married and she eventually escaped. Um, And she's... uh, While she was married to Tom, he took control of her career and crashed it to the ground. Now, of course, Katie Holmes has no one to blame but herself for letting him do that. Um, But it's still true. Um, He did the same thing that Nicole Kidman, or at least he tried to. um, But she was a little bit smarter about it and um, obviously was a little bit more of a movie star at that point. Um, And, you know, Nicole has been um, promoting some project. And she swears that they were happily married um, during the filming of Eyes Wide Shut. But how happy can you be if you're allegedly not having sex? <laughs> I mean, I guess they could could have been best friends or whatever. I don't know. Anyway. Um... And I know you all have heard this, but I just, like, it always boggles my mind because I think Surrey Cruz looks just like Tom. But everyone thinks that Chris Klein is actually Surrey's father. Um, so I don't know if that means that, like, Katie was cheating on him or if they had an arrangement or, um, what exactly, what exactly it means. Uh, I, and I know someone's going to say it's not my business. Of course it's not. That's not going to stop me from speculating. I'm a gossip podcaster. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Anyway. Excuse me. So, we've talked a little bit um, about Katie's um, Katie's kind of love life. Um, It's alleged... That she and Jamie Cruz were seeing one another while she was still married to Tom. Or, Jamie Foxx, not Jamie Cruz. Wow. Um, she, uh, Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx were seeing one another while she was still married to Tom Cruise. Now, um, there's no proof of this, but they did. They were spotted the other quite a bit. Um... And Tom and Jamie fell out really fast. Um, And then we talked about how they went public um, earlier this year before the pandemic hit. And just as quickly as they went public, the relationship was over. Allegedly because Katie found Jamie sleeping with somebody else. uh, Namely, in this case, a man. Um... And then, you know, the pandemic kind of shut everything down and um, no one was really looking for any kind of gossip. But we got it anyways. Because, of course we did. (laughs) Um, She started seeing this uh, mysterious chef. 
And the mysterious chef allegedly, allegedly here um, was with somebody else when he started seeing Katie Holmes. Now, with it, as much as he's been seen around um, with Katie, uh, this other woman has not stepped forward. I know that a lot of people are saying, well, you know, she's been paid off or whatever. Katie Holmes doesn't have that kind of money. I'm not saying she's broke because Lord knows she's not. Uh, but, you know, I don't think she has pay off someone to um, to stay quiet about her relationship money. Um, but I talked to my L.A. source because I was really curious as to why um, Katie would need... Um, what would need to do this in the first place. And he told me uh, that she's uh, repackaging herself and wants to see be seen as a leading lady again um, and not the quirky friend. Uh, in Hollywood, because she's fallen so far off the map, um, her former co-star and alleged rival, Michelle Williams, has really established herself as a leading lady um, to be, um, a, a force to be reckoned with, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, so Katie Holmes allegedly wants to do the same thing. Now, you know, of course, there's no, there's no saying one way or the other what's going to happen, but, um, According to the source, according to my source, for all of the alleged, you know, cheating and and whatnot, he's not actually heard one peep from one of his sources about that. What he has heard is that this man does go from um, well-off woman to well-off woman, um, trying to secure a higher profile. And Katie is, of course, the highest-profile woman he's had. Um, that he's had a relationship with thus far. Now, um, the rollout of this relationship is going in a very unique way and that they're not actually hiding it, which, you know, if you know anything about Hollywood, that's kind of, um, extraordinary because they always, um, kind of try to hide the relationship for a while and, like, tease it. Um, Katie and her team are going full force, uh, and when I talk to my L.A. source, he thinks it's because Tom Cruise is about to roll out a relationship, and they're trying to get ahead of the press. I don't know that Katie Holmes would ever actually beat Tom Cruise um, in headlines, because Tom Cruise has been a, a major movie star for almost 40 years now. I mean, uh, let's be real. But as the story continues to develop, I will stay on top of it. For right now, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, we don't often talk about Dolly Parton. Not for any bad reason. Like, I love Dolly. Um, And I think she's great. She does a lot of charity work. Um, You know, 
she's just a really, to me, she's a fantastic person. Um, very loving, very kind. You know, I don't think we could ask for a better legend uh, than what we have in Dolly Parton. And the fact that the woman still makes news, what, like 50, 60 years into her career? That's amazing. Like, right? Like, you don't normally see that sort of thing happening. So, now that we got that out of the way, um, there's a couple of Dolly related items that we're going to talk about today. Um, because why not? <laughs> um, the first is, um, just, I think one of the greatest stories, like I, one of my most popular articles, um, that's been published is called There Was a Real Jolene. And it's all about, um, the story behind the song. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I'll just summarize it real quick. Um, the title really says it all. There was a woman who was flirting with Dolly Parton's husband. Um, and Dolly was concerned about her husband being unfaithful. Um, but the woman's name was not Jolene. Um, the name Jolene actually came from a little girl um, who was at one of Dolly's concerts. Um, and they were singing, a, she was singing a song, seeing this precious little girl, called her up on stage, and asked her her name. And the little girl said Jolene. And Dolly started, like, singing, and, um, you know, she told the little girl that she was gonna write a song, um, using her name. And then we got Jolene. Uh, so... Which I thought was just uh, an incredible story. And like I said, it's it's one of my most popular articles. Um, true crime or otherwise. Like just overall, this is one of my most popular articles. Um, if you're breaking it down in a niche, it's my most popular um, pop culture article that I've ever written. So. Um, with that little bit of Dolly Parton trivia out of the way. Um, let's talk about, uh, another of Dolly's very famous songs, I Will Always Love You. And, you know, it's, it's an iconic song. It was iconic before Whitney Houston sang it, but Whitney took it to a whole new level, I think, for Dolly. Um, so, in the 1970s, Elvis was at the height of his fame, and he asked, um, Dolly to record a version of the song with him, and so Dolly was thrilled, um, everything was all set up. And the night before, um, Elvis's manager, um, Colonel Tom, called Dolly 
and said, you know, Elvis doesn't record anything unless he owns the publishing or uh, at least half the publishing. And Dolly said, no, I can't do that. I, I can't. I'm leaving this for my family. I cannot give you half the publishing. And Colonel Tom said, well, those are the conditions. And Dolly said, well, I'm afraid we're not going to be recording the song. And she cried and cried and cried over it. Um, and what what might have been? <clears throat> um, as we know, everything turned out fine and whatnot. Um, but I, I do kind of wonder if... Um, if there wasn't some sort of feud between uh, Dolly and... Elvis after that. Um, I realize he died um, quite soon. Um, probably nearly right after she she rejected um, his, his offer. But um, so I asked my LA source and he said he'd never heard of a Dolly Parton Elvis Presley feud. Although the story that, um, the story that I just told you that, um, Dolly had relayed to Reba McIntyre is actually very well known, um, especially in the music industry. Um, it is why a lot of the artists now, um, like Beyonce and, um, Britney, all try to get their name on the publishing because, uh, well, we all think, oh, like, they make millions of dollars just singing, um, the lucrative part of it is actually, um, having their name, um, as, like, a songwriter or a producer, um, on, on a song. Um, so, and he said Dolly was absolutely correct to, um, hold on to the publishing to that song. Uh, had she... Had she um, given it up, she would have given up hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and this is a lesson that she really mentors with. Uh, she told her goddaughter Miley Cyrus um, and Billy Ray Cyrus um, that they both needed to hold on. Uh, to their publishing, uh, if they could, uh, if they could do it at all, and while she's dispensing good advice, the sexy seventy-four-year-old is also considering doing a spread in Playboy for her seventy-fifth birthday, and. You know, people, people always say, you know, our senior sexy and whatnot. I, first of all, I think Dolly just proves that they can be. Um, but before people get, like, super duper upset, I know there were some people already um, using very derogatory terms against her. Uh, I think before people get really, truly upset... Um, with the thought of Dolly Parton taking off her clothes, 
Um, the pictorial is not going to be naked. Um, she has said publicly um, that she does want to do a sexy um, spread, but that does not mean she wants to be splayed, spread eagled, uh, like some of their other models. Um, instead, uh, she wants to kind of do like a maximum thing, you know, very sexy, very, um, with insinuations, um, but not necessarily, you know, with everything all hanging out. Uh, and there are people trying to talk her out of it because she has such a wholesome image now. And I know, I know some people are finding that very funny, like Dolly Parton and Wholesome don't seem to be, um, a phrase that should go together. Um, but when you consider all her philanthropy work, uh, I cannot speak, um, and all that, um, while she embraces her trashy, like, side, most of us really do see her as someone who is much more, um, wholesome and, um, very kind and very generous. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, you know, if she does that, I don't think it's going to ruin her image at all. Um, but my LA source said that her people are very concerned about how it'll be, um, viewed by the, um, by, by her fans and by the public in general. Um, and Dolly apparently told her people she did not give a fuck. She was doing this for her, not for them. To which I say, go Dolly. I mean, seriously, go Dolly. Um, you know, sometimes we gotta do things like that for ourselves just to feel good. Um, you know. Um, there are people on OnlyFans who are taking pictures of their fupas and their feet and their whatever, so... If Dolly wants to do a pictorial, go on, girl, get it. I mean, Levi Johnson basically showed us everything. Um, of course, he's not a beloved uh, music industry icon. I don't even think... Does anyone even know what he does anymore? <laughs> All right. I'm going to go, and I'll be right back. <laughs> and I'm back. So, for the first time, I'm actually going to say something nice about Andy Cohen. Um, he's still drugged up in a coke fiend, but... Uh, he has been pushing for more inclusive inclusivity in the Real Housewives franchise. Um, and to that end, um, he got Garcelle brought into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and now... Um, he's been able to convince producers to bring in Ebony K. Williams to the Real Housewives of New York. <clears throat> now, there have been a bunch of rumors about who was coming in, who was going, um, and Andy tried to address them all, but um, basically he said um, to only listen to what he says, um, which is, of course, very dangerous because he's not going to give you the scoop um, like I would or other... Um, or other gossip people would. There's a really amazing girl uh, on TikTok. I don't um, use TikTok, but my best friend sent me 
and I could not find her name right now. It was something like Kiki on on TikTok. Um, she was amazing. So, um, go listen to her because she is just fantastic. Um, he sent me a video about her talking about um, Ramona Singer having an issue with one of the other, with a friend of the housewives type thing, um, which is allegedly um, being used to take Ramona down. Which I am all for, because um, during quarantine I watched with my best friend, and Ramona's just, she's out there, she's crazy, y'all. Um, you know, and not in a fun way, like, in a really, um, girl, you need to go sit somewhere, get yourself right. <laughs> but... Some of the rumors that he were he was addressing were like um Kathy Hilton joining uh Beverly Hills. Uh apparently she is joining as a friend, but a lot of people had been saying that she was joining as a housewife. Um and that the goal was to get Paris and Nikki on as friends and eventually um as housewives. That would never work. Let me tell you why, because then you would have Kyle and Kathy, Kim, Nicole, uh, and Nikki. And it wouldn't be the real housewives of Beverly Hills anymore. It would be the Hiltons. Now, um, certainly they could be prepping um, a Hilton spinoff of the real housewives. Or um, they could be shopping a Hilton a reality show to different networks. Um, I've asked my ABC source. She has not heard of a pitch going out, but she did say that she um, she knows for a fact that her bosses would be interested um, in something of that sort. So, um, you know, there's also rumors that Tinsley Mortimer is going to be um, used to launch the Real Housewives of Chicago. Um, I I asked my LA source, who, as you all know, had a gossip blog, um, and has a ton of sources all around the country, and nobody has heard anything about this. Um, it does seem to be very a very popular theory among the Real Housewives. Um, fans, um, especially those who love New York. Uh, but as of right now, there is nothing indicating that that's the case. Um, and furthermore, Tinsley's partner, Scott, didn't like her being on the show. And in fact, that caused a lot of drama. That came from, um, a friend of mine in New York who actually knows Tinsley. Um, and yes, the the show did cause a lot of drama between them. And that is why um, they broke up. Uh, and the breakup did not last very long. Uh, so, you know, the appearance that um, she got together with him um, and moved to Chicago... Uh, within weeks of reconciliation is just the false narrative, according to my friend. 
Um, they had worked things out, and he understood she had a contract, uh, but he did not want to take part in the show. Uh, so that's why they uh, that's why they did not make any public appearances together. Um, and uh, Dorinda, whatever her last name is, actually kind of um, made cracks about it because. You know, she she would often say, like, hey, we know you're still fucking them. Um, which, of course, is nobody's business. Um, but um, Dorinda's point was that, you know, Tinsley really didn't share anything on the show. Um, and you're supposed to when you're on The Real Housewives. So... We are, um, we're getting closer and closer to, um, productions of all sorts being up and running. Um, you know, and Andy Cohen is said to be, uh, preparing to go back into the studio with Kelly Ripa. Um, one of my sources close to, close to Andy Cohen has said that, um, his show is, uh, Watch What Happens Live is going back in. That broke today. Um, that they're going back to the studio. Uh, and he's hoping that after Ryan Seacrest announces his departure from the show, uh, from Live with Ryan and Kelly, that they're just going to give him a contract. That he doesn't have to go through this whole audition process again. Um... And it seems as if Kelly Ripa is on board uh, with doing that. Even though the ratings go up when they do who's going to be the next co-host. Um, it seems that both of them are more of the mind of, um, you know, let's get the viewer settled into seeing um, seeing us together. Um, and um, falling into our routine. But producers backstage at Live are preparing for a battle royale because both Kelly and Andy are known for being notorious um, they're they're both known for being um, show queens, um you know, very power hungry. Um, and in this case, nobody believes that Andy Cohen will want to be subservient to Kelly Ripa, uh, despite the fact that they're best friends, or because of the fact that they're best friends, um, sources are worried that should he, uh, get the contract, that, uh, he would... Expect more power, or equal power to Kelly, who has been on the show for nearly 20 years now. Now, <clears throat> of course, a lot of people are also of the mindset that, you know, these are adults and they'll be making multi-million dollars. So, what's their problem? 
Uh, Kelly's problem is, is ABC has wanted to replace her uh, for many years now. Um, the Michael Strahan event really strained her relationship with the Disney bosses. And at this juncture, the only reason why she still has her job um, is because they have not successfully launched another franchise to replace Live. Um, I've told you guys from the very beginning, that was the goal with Strahan and Sarah, and what eventually became Strahan, Sarah and Kiki. Um, Their hope was to um, get that franchise up and running and cancel Live and move them to the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, Unfortunately... Um, lightning didn't strike twice, and the format had to be jettisoned, and now they have something else up there. Um, but with, with Andy joining, um, this would seemingly secure Kelly's place for the foreseeable future, um, because they're not going to bring on a a new male co-host that the audience doesn't really know um, and take out the one person that they do know and they do associate with the show. Um, So she could be safe um, for a while unless Disney gets a bright idea. Um, There have been murmurs um, that Sarah Kane's... um, could be used uh, over on live um, on days when Kelly Ripa takes like vacation or takes some time off, which of course Kelly would hate. So I'm keeping on top of this. Um, I have asked my ABC source to let me know if she hears anything. Um, and as soon as she does, I'll let you know. But for right now, um, the official plan is um, to wait until Ryan Seacrest actually delivers his um, departure speech. Um, And then they're going to start planning where to go from there. And I'm planning to take a break and come right back to you with some more juicy gossip. (laughs) I don't know. I really don't. I'll, I'll be right back. And I'm back. And I'm, I was actually given permission to do some political talk. Uh, mostly because it's not really political. It's, um, it's like, periphery political. So, um, but I had to promise Will that I would stay on topic. And I wouldn't lay out too many F-bombs. So, I decided we're going to do a drinking game. Every time I lay an F-bomb, everyone has to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and since we're going to be talking about Melania Trump um, and the leaked tapes um, that came out, I think y'all's kidneys are going to be a little mad at me. <laughs> okay, so last Friday, uh, Melania's former assistant and former bestie um, they're the same person, or she is the same person, I should say. Um, 
with um, Anderson Cooper Live, or Anderson Cooper 360, whatever the fuck his show is. Ooh, there's a shot. <laughs> with Anderson, Anderson Cooper 360. Um, and they played some tapes. Um, the first tape that was played, Melania said, I'm doing the Christmas thing, and I have to do the Christmas thing, but I don't really give a fuck, I don't really want to do it. Um, and she was really pissed off that, um, the press was talking about the kids in the cages. Uh, and she, um, for, I'm just going to use her own words. She said, what about the children? I don't give a fuck. Okay, that was a really bad Melania impression. Please don't tell well because I'll never be able to, I'll never be able to do this again. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she actually said she didn't she didn't fucking care about the children. So when she wore that jacket that said I don't I really don't care, do you? Um, even though the Trump family tried to spin it as, um, you know, it was <coughs> it was about the press talking about. Uh, Melania's fashion choices. No, it was, it was about the children, as we all suspected, as rational thinking people suspected all along. Um, and I just want to note that an hour after these tapes were released, um, while they were still facing really, really bad backlash from. Uh, Trump's first uh, debate with Joe Biden, um, Trump and Melania announced that they would be going into quarantine, followed shortly after with a um, with the news that they had both tested positive for COVID-19. Now, I don't think any of this is really a surprise. Um, we knew Melania didn't care. She's a hooker who slept her way to marriage. Um, she slept with a married, uh, then married Donald Trump. He was married to um, Marlon Maples, I believe. Um, broke up that marriage. Um, and then Trump married... Melania. Um, everyone has seen her boobs. Everyone has seen her pussy. Um, you know, this is not a classy first lady is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, it is what it is. Because she is who she is. But, in a nice bit, in a nice bit of irony, Melania Trump is pissed off at the porn hooker who is also known as Stormy Daniels in recently released tapes Melania is talking to her former aide slash bestie about how Annie Leibovitz photographed Stormy Daniels for Vogue. And she is not having it. 
Um, she says, what the fuck, like, eight times. You don't have to take that many shots, just the one, because I only said it once. Um, but, yeah, she's so not happy about this. And, and it's just truly, truly funny to me um, that this woman is so jealous, um, you know, talking about how, you know, Stormy is not classy and how... She, um, you know, she slept with a married man and that's not cool and whatnot. And it's like, girl, girl, you had to know this was going to come back and bite you on the ass. You know, come on now. Well, Stormy Daniels is not one to back down from a fight, uh, whether it's with Trump himself or with Melania. Uh, and once, once Stormy heard about, once Stormy heard about, um, the tape and how she was called a porn hooker, Stormy Daniels decided to remind people of Melania's alleged, uh, first career when she was a naked model. Um, allegedly she was selling herself. Um, back then, um, in the hopes of securing a rich husband. And, um, then she started to, uh, and then Stormy just really went for it and told her that she had nice new tits. And everyone was like, whoa. And now it made sense. Because, remember, Melania was in that hospital for for some secret kidney thing that only Donald Trump knew about. And then suddenly she came back and, like, nothing was ever wrong. And, yeah, like, it was... Um, so... Let me tell you, I... I'm living for this fight, and I hope they continue to fight because oh, it is giving me life. Um, but Melania is probably um, not only on lockdown because she's in quarantine, uh, but Trump's presidential re-election uh, campaign probably has her on a really tight leash at this point. Um, given that, um. You know, again, it was literally an hour from the release of those tapes that they suddenly had to go into quarantine. Um, and then the and then the diagnosis with Trump going into the hospital on Saturday night uh, because he was really bad off. Uh, but Will's going to talk more about that in Politalk, um, I'm sure, as well as covering multiple other things. Um, but that's going to do it for me for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening as always. And until next time, cheers. Will's up next with Politalk. Hey folks, welcome back to Politalk. As Ed covered in the last segment, this has been a pretty busy week for the members of the First Family. You all may have heard that Donald Trump was diagnosed with COVID-19. He publicly revealed this information on Friday, though there are some conflicting reports that say he tested positive as early as Wednesday. 
Following the reports that a number of major Republican figures, including Chris Christie, had tested positive for the coronavirus after a super spreader event at the White House, namely a party-slash-announcement for the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett, I considered skipping this segment in favor of doing a dramatic reading of Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death for the podcast. However, the pace of the news is relentless, and a frankly shocking number of things have happened since last week, so we decided to keep Politalk in to keep y'all up to date. Now, Trump's COVID diagnosis has wiped a number of stories about the family from the headlines. One of them is uh, the Melania Trump tapes, which Ed covered in the previous segment. But another, far more important one, is that Trump has only paid $750 in taxes since becoming president in 2016. In addition, he is uh, $400 million in debt, according to a piece on his tax returns and finances published by the New York Times. The Times was unable to figure out who Trump was in debt to. It is speculated that many of his creditors belong to foreign banks and businesses. Trump attempted to bulldoze this particular batch of bad press, partially by holding a number of trips and rallies, in which he greeted supporters from a car and from the balcony of the White House after he was released from Walter Reed on Monday, reportedly against medical advice. Trump claims that he is asymptomatic and that he has antibodies. Trump also announced that he would not consider a stimulus deal until after the election, possibly in the hopes that Democrats will lose some power in it and that he'll be able to build a stimulus with entirely Republican control of both houses. On the election front, the vice presidential debate between Mike Pence and Kamala Harris occurred on Wednesday night. I will now recap the most interesting events from the debate. Uh, a fly landed on Mike Pence's head towards the end and stayed there for two minutes. Of note is the fact that there appears to be a gender gap in terms of perception of the debate. Men in the country are split 50-50 between Kamala Harris and Pence in terms of who won, while according to polls of women, the split is 70-30 in favor of Harris. This may be in response to Pence's tactics. A number of observers believed that he sounded extremely patronizing in his answers and tended to moralize rather than give out concrete facts. For example, when Kamala Harris indicated potential mistrust of a vaccine rushed out early by the Trump administration, Pence told her that she, quote, shouldn't play politics with American lives, quote. Which is certainly a thing to say, albeit maybe not a wise one, when you have publicly admitted to being in charge of the nation's coronavirus response. The rather legendarily botched coronavirus response, if I may say. In other news, earlier today, the FBI announced that they had made 13 arrests in conjunction with a plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer 
that their agents had uncovered. The plotters, the majority of whom are linked to the Wolverine's Watchmen militia, a far-right accelerationist militia that has reportedly sought to instigate a civil war and potentially engage in combat at the Capitol, and to FBI informants and infiltrators caught discussing plans to kidnap Whitmer and try her for treason against the state of Michigan. Seven of the conspirators were indicted on federal charges, while the other six faced state charges. The main thrust of the charges are obviously felony domestic terrorism. In a statement, Whitmer thanked federal and local law enforcement for uncovering the plot before lashing out at President Trump for stoking political violence. And she believes his efforts and speeches have contributed to the emboldening of far-right groups such as the one that was planning to kidnap her. That's the big news for this week, folks. Tune in next time to see what kind of topsy-turvy nonsense the year 2020 has for us. Thank you all for listening, and cheers!